Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. I would like to welcome everyone tonight. If you're a guest with us tonight, we're glad to have you in service with us. Good to have our friend, Brother Scott Shelton, in service this weekend after being a part of Call to War this week. Brother Dylan from Oregon, who we'll be hearing from on Thursday night, is one of our trustees. He's leaving. Brother Dylan, who we won't be hearing from from Thursday night, but still one of our trustees. <laughs> Praise God. And then also... Brother and Sister Jackson from San Antonio, Texas, been here for Call to War this week and staying over this weekend. And Brother Jackson is one of the men that Bishop has anointed over the past year. and uh, So uh, Brother Shelton's been connected with them for years and Bishop and others. And so we're thrilled. Uh, actually, several years ago, Brother Jackson was at uh, Right Hand of God Seminar. He's not a stranger to us, but uh, it's good to have him and his wife with us this weekend. If you're joining us online tonight, wherever you may be watching us from, we welcome you as a part of this service and pray that it blesses you wherever you may be. Praise God. What a wonderful week we have just had with Call to War. A powerful, awesome move of the Holy Ghost that has taken place throughout the week I, I have a I have a I don't have any Bible for this so I tell you that up front I don't have any Bible for this but I have a I have a, a I guess it's a I don't know if it's a fantasy a dream or what but but I have a I have a theory that when we get to heaven there's going to be a DVD available for each of our lives and all the bad stuff edited out but the DVD is going to be about revealing all the stuff that God did that we weren't really aware of, that traffic lights that you got caught at, that if you hadn't got caught at that traffic light, you'd have been in a major car accident, and masks for radiation that got messed up, and had they not gotten messed up, you know. I think there's a lot of stuff that goes on like that that we have no clue about. So I don't know if there's a DVD or not when I get to heaven, but I'd like to, I don't want to, I don't want you seeing all the other stuff, but I'd like to see that part. And I also believe that there's all kinds of things that, like this weekend, that have taken place that we have absolutely no clue of all that God has done. We, we, we have some faith for some things, and we have a, we get an idea of some things, but we don't really know the full scope of what God has done. I've told a couple of people lately, you know, we, we, there's a lot of things we want to know why. And, and I guess we're probably not going to get the answer until we get to heaven. And then once we get there, we won't even care. So what difference will it make? But we may not get all of that, but what I do believe is... There are things that God is constantly doing that are way bigger and above and beyond what we are able to perceive, even with as much faith. And I believe that's what's happened this week, and I realize it's about God, but I think we 
should take a moment here and give honor to our bishop tonight for being willing to be the vessel that he has made himself available to be to the Holy Ghost to speak, to flow, to allow God to move and work. Praise God. So give honor to him as well as Mother Wright tonight. And Praise God. Yeah. Amen. Isn't God good? He is. I know he does good, but more than that, he is. He's just good. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. If you're not standing and you're able to stand, please stand. We are thrilled again tonight to have Brother Morgan back with us. And if all goes the way we expect and hope at this point, he'll be here the next several weekends as well. Um, and we're thankful for what God is doing in him and through him. And I, why don't we do this tonight? And sometimes we do this. I don't think we've done it with him here. But before I give him the microphone in just a moment, I wonder if we could all, those of you that would, you would just lift your hands to the Lord right now. And in some way, say it however you really want to say it or the words you want to say it but I wonder if we could just take a moment and open ourselves up to the Lord and ask God to speak to us can you tell God right now that you want him to speak to you tonight you want him to say to you what you what he wants to say and do in you father we open our hearts and our spirits to you right now that you might be able to say and do what you desire in this place tonight, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. Continue to pray. Hands lifted. Voices lifted. What a beautiful presence of the Lord that is here right now. That's it. Out of your bellies, let it flow. A river of living water. Hallelujah. 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 Mm. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. What a sweet presence of the Lord that is here. Right now, amen. Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord? Yeah. You'll go with me to the book of Genesis, chapter number 2. I'm going to move as quickly as I can. And I don't say that to be funny or facetious. I do really feel that the Lord has begun something even this morning that he wants to complete here tonight. And uh, I'm going to be obedient uh, to bishop and pastor and uh, repeat myself a little bit tonight uh, for the sake of continuity of the spirit and the delivery of my heart. A um, little different text, a little different approach, but same theme, same, uh, same message. 
But I do feel like that there is something glorious that God wants to do here before the lights go out. Amen. And I'm not just looking for a response. I think that's necessary if we're truly apostolic. But it's not just noise and commotion I'm looking for. I'm looking for a release of the Spirit. I'm looking for the people of God to stand and declare with dominion what is the intent of their Father. Amen. It's an honor to be here to all of the great men of God that are on this platform. Um, first and foremost, our bishop and all of these other great men, your pastor, my friend, Scott Shelton, uh, my new friends, Brother Jackson, and then Brother Dylan, and the list goes on and on. But what an honor it is uh, to be in service with these men. These are my teammates, and I salute them in Jesus' name. I'm glad I'm on their team. I'm the guy that will just bunt get a sacrifice fly to move them, but I, I'm just glad we're playing on the same team. Amen. Amen. That may be a poor analogy in a pulpit, but anyway, Genesis chapter 2, I'll tell you what let's do. Let's, uh, let's read Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let him have, would you say this with me, dominion Dominion. over, let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, the cattle, over all the earth, would you say over all the earth, every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, so God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them, and God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. Be fruitful, multiply, replenish, subdue, and have dominion. Have dominion over fish, the sea, the fowl of the air, every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Chapter 2, verse 15, And the Lord God took the man and put him. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the fruit of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge, of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And the Lord God took the man, the man that he had given dominion to over every living thing, every creeping thing, everything that flew, everything that swam, everything that lived past, present, future. He said, I'm giving you dominion over it. And then he takes him and he puts him in a divine heaven-like place. And therein is where we are As a people of God, we have been destined, we have been divinely created, we are on purpose, not by accident, but we must learn that we are not wanderers in this present world, but we are the angels of the Holy Ghost, we are the messengers of deliverance, we are the voice of the Holy Ghost in this earth, in this life, in this moment. Throw your hands up, your voices, and let's just give God one more round of praise and thanksgiving before we're seated here tonight. 
Clap your hands while you're being seated and give God more praise. God bless you in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. The book of Revelation, John, that great preacher, one that got the insight into what was, what is, and what would be. He penned the words in the 22nd chapter in that 17th verse, and he said it like this, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. He continues to say, He that is thirsty, come. He that is weary, come. And drink of the waters of life freely. I believe today, more than ever in my entire life, that the people of God have to come to either a fresh or a new divine revelation. Not the revelation, not that it can be improved upon or needs improving. He is the mighty God. You can improve on that. My revelation of the mighty God can improve. My knowledge of the Godhead can deepen or widen or be improved. But I can't change what God is because he is the same yesterday. He is the same today and he is the same forever. He was the beginning. He is the beginning. He'll always be the beginning, but he's also the ending. First and last, the one that was, is, and is to come. Those are not Pentecostal cliches. That is the immutable, undeniable word of God. Let heaven and let earth pass away, but my word, it will never pass away. It is irrefutable. It is undeniable. It is immutable. My word lasts forever. I am thankful tonight that I serve a God, that his word lasts beyond forever. Forever is a term of time. It has a beginning and it has an ending, but God's word is. You can't finish that statement because you, you, you have to define him with limitations. God is. He looked at, he looked at Moses and he told him, when you stand before Pharaoh, you tell Pharaoh, I am that I am has sent you. He defined it later in the New Testament like this before Abraham or Moses was, I still am. It was an impossibility to logically discern and figure that out. How could this mere mortal man stand in the time of Abraham or the time of Moses? I may not configure God out, but that does not mean that God is not God. And it doesn't mean that God can't do what God said he could do. I'll say it like this. There is nothing impossible for God. With man, all things, some things may be impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Nothing is impossible. He can heal. He can save. He can deliver. He can set free. He can open prison doors. He can heal the blinded eye. He can unstop the deaf ear. There is no limitations to God. He is without time. He is without limits. He knows nothing less than victory at all cost and for all people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I get, I get almost intoxicated upon the simplicity of the Word of God. I have friends that, that, that can dig deep into the Word and they, they can come up with all kinds of cool revelations and insight. Mine's not that cool or insightful. It's very simplistic. And the one that I really, really, really like is found in Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2 when the Bible says that God said, and it was so. 
I, I know, I know that that's not real deep theological, but oh, it helps me today. And God said, and it was so. And God said, and it was so. No argument, no fights, no demons of doubt or discord or detours. And God said, and it was so. And God said, and it was so. I contend to this congregation tonight that the same God that said it then, and it was so, is still in charge of the church now. And whatever God says, God will do it. Hallelujah. 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 To God be all glory and honor. To God be all praise and glory. I glorify your name. I exalt your presence. There is no God like you. There's no God but you. You alone stretcheth out the heavens. You make the earth your footstool. You wild the wings of wind. There's no God like you. And we glorify you. We glorify. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I told you there is a divine release in this place tonight. Hallelujah. There is nothing, there is nothing as powerful. There is nothing as powerful as the word of God. Hallelujah. There's nothing as powerful as the word of God. Because there's nothing like the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. For the Word was God. That's why there's nothing like the Word of God. Because wherever the Word of a king is, there is power. But not just power with this king. Wherever his Word is, there is the establishing of a kingdom. And in that kingdom, there are subjects. And one of those subjects is preaching to you tonight. My father is rich in houses and lands. He holds the world in the palm of his hands. Rubies and diamonds and silver and gold. Just tell him, tell him, tell him, tell him I'm a child of God. I cannot preach hard enough. I cannot declare it bold enough or clear enough how thrilled I am to announce to you that I repented of my sins. And I was baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of all of my sins. And when I came up out of that water, I came up a new man. I came up a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things were passed away and all things become new. But I wasn't just born again, but I was born a king's kid. And because my daddy is king of kings and Lord of lords and Alpha and Omega, it means that in the lineage, in the genealogy, in the DNA of my father, it rests in the church. I know that, please don't get mad at me, sister song leader, and great job on all this, and this is where I normally get in trouble, but I couldn't help myself but turn around to Scott, and I said, here we go again, here we are again, I said it this morning, I'll say it now, I believe with all of my heart that the posture of the Pentecostal people have got to change. I'll give you my 
my opinion, my definition of posture, and how I think it must change. This is what I think we look like. And this is what I think we should look like. This is how we act. But this is what we ought to be doing. I'll help you. I don't care what sickness is in my body. I don't care what sickness is in your body. I don't care that there's a tumor in my boy's body. I declare the word of God. By my stripes, you are healed. Hear me, sugar diabetes. Hear me, blood disorder. Hear me, heart malfunction. Hear me, cancer and tuberculosis. Hear me, every disease known to man. God supersedes sickness. I feel the release building right now. I feel like God's people are going to get a revelation of who we are tonight. In this primordial sphere of mystery rose God with imaginative power and glory. He brought beauty out of confusion. But in the very book of beginnings, in the beginning of all, he said, let there be a heaven and an earth. And it was so. You cannot go to three and four in the rest of the chapters, into the rest of the books, until we first grasp that in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth, where did the earth come from? Who created the earth? The earth that God created. The thing that God spoke into existence, He then masked in a confusion called darkness. You don't have to get quiet on me. He masked what he created in a cloak of darkness. And darkness and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth it was. And when God created all things... He masked it with darkness. That darkness can be described as chaos or chaotic or disorder. But because it looked like chaos and disorder to some or to others today does not mean that it was that to God. Because God always does His best work in the cloak of darkness God will always mask his movements in darkness. That's why the Bible in the beginning says the evening and the morning are the first day. I told him this morning that I believe that it is God's will and plan to mask his movements in the darkness. So that men cannot share with his glory. 
so that men cannot claim what he did. And in the morning when the day breaketh, it will always reveal what God had been working on. That's why in a Pentecostal church, when you say this, weeping may endure for a season, but joy cometh in the morning. You get that kind of response because it is in the breaking of the day that we are allowed to see what God was doing in the cloak of darkness. I'm telling you tonight, don't curse the darkness. Don't curse the darkness. Don't quit God when the lights go out, but just stand still. And when you've done all to stand, stand. And when you can't stand anymore, stand. Because when the morning breaks, you're going to see that God didn't leave you. God didn't forsake you. God didn't quit on you. He was doing what you could not do. He was working on your behalf. The Bible speaks of several kinds of darkness. This was that literal, but it's defined as confusion, disorder, or random chaos. And when the curtain lifts and the biblical drama begins, we immediately see Christ at center stage. The story opens with God confronting this fear of mystery, this darkness that covered the unformed, unfilled waters. There seemingly was no design, no order, no beauty, no life, just darkness, just nothingness, just bad news from doctors, just bad news from your loved ones, just that negative, oppressive, depressing thing called hell. But all of a sudden, the Bible says that God spoke. Mm. All of a sudden, God reared up on his tippy toes and said, now, let there be light. I told you, mine's simple. I read it again to make sure I was going to preach correct doctrine. But if you read one and two, it says that God said, and there was. And then it will read that he went back to it and released it by the statement, let it be. It's in there. Watch me. That is how God turns the lights on. That is the pattern for rebuking or dismissing oppression, depression, confusion or bringing to light what God has already spoken into existence see Wednesday God didn't heal Colton Colton was healed before Sandra and I ever married just got a little revelation that all I'm required to do open up your mouth and say what he's already done (laughs) 
I'll try to impress you this way. Now, I'm not here to debate. And if you disagree, you can be wrong. But in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And if you follow the plan of God, he spoke it. It was. And then he went back to it and ordered it. He said it so. You go here. You go there. You stand up and you lay down. It's in there. He come to man. And he said in one of Genesis, let us make man in our image. That's a plurality. Don't get nervous. Don't get nervous. We're not changing doctrine. We know about the plurality of us because we see what is the defining of the plurality of us. Right? Right? When what was created looked identical to the plurality of us that created it. I'm going to need a drink get under that one. Let us create man in our image. And in the image of God created he, them, both male and female. God created he, them. But in the second chapter, he visits a man. Singular. You know why I know there's no more than one God? Because there was just one Adam. I know. I'm not Dr. Robert Bear. I can't impress you much, but that's pretty good stuff to me. They just let us create man in our image. And when it's all said and done, you don't have a plurality of more than one. You just got one little man standing there. And he is identical to the plurality of us. Don't you dare let hell trick you into believing that there's a co-equal, co-eternal, co-equal Godhead. It's just not possible. There should have been three Adams if there were three gods. But there's not three gods. There's just... And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he looks at this man and he says, You are like me. Watch me, watch me, I'm almost done. You are like me. You look like me. You walk like me. But you've got to learn to talk like me. Mm. Mm. My God, have mercy. Mm. Um, um, Mr. Screen Brother, put up Genesis. Put up Genesis 2.15 for me. Is this all right? Genesis 2.15. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden. And he says, I'm putting you here for a purpose. I want you to dress it. And I want you to keep it. He said, I have given you, I have emulated to you what it takes. Everything that you need is at your disposal. But it is chaotic right now. The deer doesn't know it's a deer. And the carp doesn't know it's a carp. And the lily doesn't know it's a flower. So I'm going to give it to you whole. But I want you to rightly divide it. I want you to say, that's a buck deer. And that's a rabbit. And that's a fish. And that's a flower. 
I am convinced that the greatest apostolic revival that has ever hit North America is in our womb right now. I am convinced the greatest outpouring of the Holy Ghost is in the church today. I am convinced that miracles and signs and wonders are in the church, but they're locked up because the church doesn't know who they are. They don't fathom the kind of authority we've got. Please don't let me be a movie to you. Please don't let me be entertainment to you. Please open up your spirit and let me impart into you a revelation that the mighty God has bestowed in the church authority and dominion. I want you to keep it. I want you to dress it. Go to 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, here's the restrictions upon you of every tree you can eat. Verse 17, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest of it, thou shalt surely die. Hang on to me. There's a couple of fellas running around the world preaching and teaching and I'm glad they are. I need to learn more about the seven vials and trumpets and all the different color horses and all that stuff. My contention is, buy a horse, learn to ride it, you can make heaven. That's why I got four. Because all I can rightly discern is you got to ride a horse because you're coming back with him on a horse. I'll let everybody else figure out the vials and the trumpets and the seals, and that's fine. But we are so mesmerized by the mark of the beast of Revelation. I'm feeling the Holy Ghost. We are mesmerized by anybody that says, I can discern it. I can tell you what it means. And we are looking for the little things to slide under our skin. And we're looking for the mark of man or the mark of the beast. Six, six, six. And I'm not saying it's not going to happen. We'll figure that out. You can wait around and figure that out. I plan on being gone. I hope that's good Bible doctrine. I don't plan on being here long enough to find out about it. But we are so in love with the mark of the beast. We're so in love with that revelation, uh, interpretation of the mark of the beast. But that's not the first mark of the beast that we ought to concern ourselves with. The first mark of the beast is in Genesis. The first true authentic mark of the beast is found in Genesis chapter 3. Where he walked into the garden and changed the explanation point into a question mark. That is the authentic mark of the beast. Anything that causes God's people to doubt God's word. I don't give a rip what the doctors say. I care about what God has to say. I don't care what family has to say. I want to know what thus saith the Lord. I wish I had the energy to preach like I feel right now. The word of the Lord is without compromise. It's without. (laughs) 
Verse 18. Verse 18. And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. Wait a minute. Hold on. I thought you already made him a helpmeet. Because you said you created he, them, male and female, created them, 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 them. They are supposed to be a plurality. He did. Because whatever God creates, he speaks it first. And then he will visit it again with divine order. And set it so. Read Genesis. I don't have time. And out of the ground... The Lord formed every beast of the field, every fowl of the air, and brought them unto Adam. Watch, 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 watch. And brought them unto Adam. And brought them unto Adam. To see. Did you know that part of God's infinite plan is to incorporate the voice of the church and what he does in the world today? It's always been God's will to call a deer a deer. He just wanted to see if Adam was enough like him to discern what he thought they ought to be and speak it into existence. That's why I can walk around this congregation right now and look at some of you and say the depression you're handling is not the will of God. Stand and be delivered from it. I'm not hooky spooky. I don't have any unnormal gifts. I'm just following what God has already decreed for your life. And until you learn to speak that kind of authority and declare what is the mind and the will of God. Here we go. I want to see. Bring them animals to him. I want to see what he calls them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was. Now. Now. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not very good at graduating. I struggled to get out of 12th grade. And somehow I fumbled through a BA and I'm in a, almost done with a master's. I don't know how that happened. But if I'm understanding this right, and he had them called every living creature, that was the name thereof. God didn't want to just see what he was going to name them. He wanted to see if he'd name them right. See, I'll yield to the master over there, but when you start talking about praying, you can pray for a while. But there is a dimension when you run out of words. And the Holy Ghost says, I'm your tag team partner. Anytime you're ready, incorporate me into your life. I'll step in and help you. But you're going to have to speak to this point first. I'll not drag you to it. You're going to have to walk yourself to that point. And when you are there, I will step in and I will pray. Verse 20. Verse 20. And Adam gave names to all the cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam... But for Adam, there was not found a helpmeet for him. Adam's looking around saying, I, I know, I know if that's a male and a female goat, and if that's a male and a female deer. Stay with me. Don't, 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 don't lose me here. I believe that Adam was so much like God 
that in that first man, Adam, was Eve. That he was both masculine and feminine. He did not have the sexual organs of both species at that moment. But he was all feminine and he was all masculine. And when the Lord looked at him and said, it is not good for you to be alone. I'm going to cause a deep sleep to come upon you. And I will not create beside you another like you. But I will take from you. Now I know some of you think, oh, I don't know about all that. I'm, I'm going to prove it to you. I'm going to prove it to you. Hang on. And he said, go to sleep, boy. Because it's in you. When I spoke you into existence, when I formed you, I made her in you. But I knew I would come back and visit you and pull out of you an order. And in that order is first Christ, the head of the church. And then will be the man who is subject to Christ. And the woman who's... And Adam says, I think I might like that. And he goes to sleep. And when he wakes up, there is somewhat difference in Adam. He had a desire. I'm not going to get spooky on you, but we are going to get factual. He had a desire. And he looked at her and said, Whoa, man. Hubba, hubba, hubba. My. Brother Jackson, I think he kind of looked at God and said, you do real good work. And he looked at her and he said, you now are flesh of my flesh. You are bone of my bone. Okay, okay, okay. Where did she come from? Okay, here's the proof you need. Because the first Adam, how he got his bride, is exactly how the second Adam was supposed to get his bride. Here he come, all God, everything in him, everything in him, please don't make me preach any longer what I really want to, everything was in him, and that wasn't good enough. And so the same sleep that God caused to fall upon the first Adam, he caused to fall upon the second Adam. And when the second Adam was a little dazed, the little soldier walked up and said, this is going to be a cool trick, watch this, I'm going to stab you in the side just for kicks and giggles. But what he didn't know is he emulated the divine plan, because out of his side came... Don't sit there and let the devil sell you a bell of goods that you're an average person. Don't sit there and believe that you're an average Christian. You're not just a Pentecostal, but you are the divinely spoken. You are the divinely created. I feel like I'm going to blow up in this place tonight because I believe with all of my heart this congregation is going to get a revelation of who they are. And when you do, there's no stopping you. There's no deterring you. And that's why I scream. And that's why I am contending in this pulpit on this weekend. That when that revelator said in 17 of 22, the spirit and the bride agree. Because that is the divine perfect plan of a husband and wife. 
Come on. Come on. And I am contending that the Spirit has been saying one thing, but the bride has yet to say it. May I, may I just present to you that I think that God on purpose, by divine design, has put this thing into a forward perpetual motion that it will not ever be complete until the church gets a revelation that we are the sons of God. That we are. First John chapter 3 verse number 1. Hurry. Put it up there. First John 3 and 1. We are not average. We are not. Don't laugh. Don't laugh. Don't look at your neighbor and giggle. We are not normal. I told you not to giggle. We are not normal. When we get bad news, it may rain on the just and the unjust. Trouble may come to us all. But just because trouble comes to us all doesn't mean it has the same effect on us all. Because I have an umbrella. Let it rain, let it rain, let it rain. Because yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. I'm sorry, sinner, that you don't have my testimony. But when I'm weary and when I'm sick, I can boldly say, I am healed, I am weak, I am strong, I am delivered, I am set free. Behold, what manner of love the Father had bestowed upon us. What manner of love the Father, Scott, has shown upon us. That we should be called. Weak, anemic, powerless, prayerless. Faithless, we should be called. No, no, no. You better, you better put on your crash helmet and buckle your seatbelt if you believe that. You're to be called the Son of God. One of the references, Bishop, about being the Son of God that I like the most is, had the prince of this world knew. He would not have messed with Christ. Maybe part of the problem with the hell we're going through, hell doesn't know who you are. Hang on. Please, please don't let me offend you. Just, just let me be transparent here. That's why I'm on this lollipop of our posture. There are all kinds of denominations that look like us. Man, here, here I go. You know, oh, oh Moses, he was, a, he was a neat, neat dude. He, he, he walked with God, talked with God. I, I, I wished I had the faith of Moses and the tenacity of Moses. But Moses went on the mountain and had a divine encounter. And the Bible says he, he was such connected to the Holy Ghost and God that his face shone. I mean, it was like a light bulb just shining. Isn't that right? And the Bible says when he come off the mountain, the people seen him. But the closer he got to the people, the less glory he had. 
Now, you can have your interpretation and I'll yield to it. My interpretation is this. The further he got from God, the less glory he showed. And I think he purposely masked his face. Don't, don't pass out on me. I don't think the apostolic church has to have, if you choose it, but I don't think we have to have dimly lit buildings and smoke and programs and things. And I think the reason we are going that direction is we are trying to mask what we are losing. Let me just tell you what could happen. If us in this building tonight, before we are over, would just get a little smidgen of revelation of who we really are, there would be enough glory produced in this building to stop traffic on that highway. They may not know what it is, but they would hit their brakes and pull into this parking lot and say, something, 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 something. No, it don't happen that way. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were one mind, one accord in one place. And uh, suddenly, clap your hands, clap your hands. problem with Adam can I have another few minutes the problem with old brother Adam is he forgot what he was designed for and he got in that garden and he got to eating all them fruits and all the bananas and all the good stuff and he got really comfortable and he forgot that God put him in there to dress and keep dress and keep dress and keep Help me now, Holy Ghost. That's the issue at stake. When I was a child growing up in this, we seen devils cast out every service. We watched people slither on floors like serpents. Men of God, it wasn't, it wasn't a show. You didn't have to book this guy for revival to cast out devils. Everybody in the church casted out devils. We were up under the pews like this watching devils being cast out. Now, if you get somebody possessed with devils, man, the, the, the devil squad shows up. And we're all like, can you believe that? What's happened to us? Could it be that while we've gotten comfortable, we have forgotten the duty of dressing and keeping? Adam, dress it and keep it. And Adam told his wife, don't touch it and don't eat it. God didn't tell her or him not to touch it. He said, don't eat it. And Adam in his quest, probably, hopefully, I'd like to believe to be a good husband, he added to the word of God. 
My theology is probably as sound as yours. He added to the Word of God. And could that be part of the reason that when Eve touched it, she thought she could eat it? Because there was no repercussions of touching. Be careful, be careful, be careful, be careful what we add to the Word. And for God's sake, be careful what you subtract from it. I know, this is not popular, but it's, it's, it's ever more right. And so, Adam looked it round and got comfortable. He forgot dressing and keeping. He forgot his obligation. But part of having dominion is the ability to dress and keep something. We are owl runners by divine design. We are hand clappers by divine design. We are worshipers by divine design. We are intercessors by divine design. We pray in the Spirit because it is mandated of the Spirit. We must keep and dress that. You can't just be a worshiping church. And Adam got comfortable because, watch me, watch me, because somewhere in that moment, Eve started a conversation with the devil. <sighs> Eve started a conversation. Sister Wright, will you come help me? Young Sister Wright. Somewhere that dude got stupid. Come here, devil. Somewhere, <laughs> somewhere this started happening. And the Bible says that when she partook of the fruit, she turned and gave also unto her husband. What's wrong with this picture? Because that wasn't the order God placed. But when churches relinquish their authoritative, dominion-taken voices. This becomes the posture of the church. The masculinity of the church subdued and the femininity of the church in the forefront. That is not divine order. God said, the man, I'm not male chauvinist, Trust me, it sounds like it right now, but I'm really not. When this was happening, I contend a lot would have been avoided had Adam had enough man left in him. Excuse me, honey. If you're going to talk in my garden, you're going to talk to me. You know what this man's trying to do? You know what that bishop's done? They protected this garden. Husbands, protect your gardens. I've never seen a day where God's men in the apostolic church are so feminine acting. I've never seen a day when our boys are looking more like our girls and our girls are starting to look more like our boys. Something's wrong with the church. The church ought to have some authority in it. There ought to be some masculinity to it that walks in a prayer room and says, in the name of Jesus. 
Adam should have said, huh, you're not talking to her. But the fact that he stood silently, the fact that he stood quietly and allowed a conversation between something that come out of him. All he had to do was find his voice and say, huh, huh, devil, huh, not, not here, not here. Because God's going to be talking to me in just a few minutes. And I don't want no trouble with him. And you are out of order talking to her. Stay standing. And the second Adam. Likewise. Had a garden. And he was led of the spirit. Unto the mountain of temptation. And the first time the devil came. And he said. I'll make you a deal. We'll get something going here. Watch me. And the second Adam said. <clears throat> it <clears throat> is <clears throat> written. And the devil said, But he returned the second time and said, I've been thinking I'll sweeten the pot. And the man cried, said, <clears throat> It he is written. And the devil couldn't quite figure that timid voice out. Did not he say he would give angels over charge when he lift you up? And all of a sudden Jesus said, wait a minute. This is my garden. This belongs to me. And he didn't say it is written. He said, it is. And the devil left and he has yet to come back. reason we keep going around the same mountain could it be the reason we keep fighting the same old spirit is we're really not believing that the garden belongs to us and we've got the kind of authority that can keep it if your marriage is in trouble jump to your feet grab her by the hand and look to heaven and say from this day forward the name of Jesus will be exalted his principles will be lived daily I I, I tried this morning to the best of my ability to convince Arnold, of what the Holy Ghost, I listened, of what the Holy Ghost said to this church. And it's, it's, it's what I'm desperately trying to do here tonight. It's not just preach something that makes you feel good and shout and back me up and say, boy, didn't we have church. But to articulate to you what I feel in the Holy Ghost. The church, we are in a crisis. 
It's not that we have no power or lack of power or no, no dominion or lack of dominion. It's, it's in my belief that we don't know we have all that. I'll close with this. This was my example. I, I, I hope I don't get in trouble these days. I'm going to say this and get arrested. But I, I believe if you don't strongly discipline your children with a rod of correction, you're sending them to hell. It's all right. I, I know. Age we live in, nobody believes in it anymore, but that doesn't make it none of us right. And so when my boys would do wrong, I would, I'd take this, not this one, but one like this one. I'd wear them out. And they wouldn't love tabs. Nah. No, I mean, I, 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 put the, I, put the, I put the come out of the world on them. I, I did, I did. And it doesn't make me feel good to take, but I did because I, I didn't want to ever have to do it again. However, I have a 15-year-old, an 18-year-old, a 24-year-old, a 26-year-old, and all their life, I've yet to use my hand. And so this morning I tried to show them an example of when your dad was wanting to give you something good, like a wallet. Let's, let's do it again, Brother Shelton. That's your dad. I'm the son, and he wants to give you something good, and you, you have a natural reflex that every time his hand reaches towards you, you... That, that's, that's how I see us. When we ought to just, it ought to be that easy. It ought to be. That's how easy it ought to be. I know we're not juking and jiving. I don't want to. I just want you to listen just for a minute. It, it ought to be so that when God, that we are so quick. Adam, I'm going to give you this garden. Adam, I'm going to give you that woman. Adam, I want you to keep it. I want you to dress it. I want you to have dominion over it. And the minute you don't have dominion over it, I'll kick you out of it. There has to be in the church femininity. There has to be. Because that's the contrast to masculinity. That's why there's Christ and the church. That's why the revelator said, the spirit and the bride say there's a beautiful harmony when a man and a woman learns to coexist and mold their lives together. I've not been married well to the world standard. I'm, I'm really old at this, but I've only, I've only been married 27 years. And I, I, I love, love sounds so cheap right now, but I love my wife. I, 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 I literally want to die with my wife. I, I want to grow old with her. I want to have great grandbabies with her. Everything life affords me, I want to share it with her. Brother Wright, I, I told her this week, I said, I'm so, I'm so sad that you're not getting to go with me to the rights. I said, I've met some of the most precious people. Brother and Sister Wright and Bishop Wright and all these precious. I said, I feel like I'm getting to enjoy something great. And you, you can't, it just hurts me. I, I don't, don't, don't make me look too weak up here, fellas. Come on, help me. I just, I'm not one of those guys that likes to go out without my wife and enjoy. I, it's, it's us. And somehow, by the grace of God, that us has become one. 
She hurts, I hurt. When I hurt, she hurts. That's not just words. I'm telling you for a fact. Husbands, love your wife. Like. I wonder what God feels about the church when He's saying, let me heal you. Let me help you. Let me bless you. Let me give you. And the bride acts like she's no longer in love. Or even wants to spend time with him. There's got to come a unison in the church of the bride and the spirit. Saying and talking and doing the same thing. I think God is so ready. The whole earth groaneth in pain. Ready, ready, waiting, waiting and ready for the manifestation of the. I thought it would be waiting on God to show up. Oh wait, God's already showed up. And God so loved the world that He wrapped Himself up into a man. He, he, he imparted everything He was into Scott Shelton. And He says, I love you enough. I love them enough. I want you to go tell them. And God's reaching through. God's reaching by. And when we're not at our best... And we're not attentive or in tune with what he's saying. The, 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 the bride or the, the spirit is saying one thing. And the bride is so Adam and Eveish. That's not God's will. And I know what our protocol is. We preach this hard. We, we end hard. and We end high. And the music's got to come. And we got to get going here. And everybody going to get ready to shout and talk in tongues and fall out. Really? That's this. Where are the sons of God? Three times the devil came and tempted him. On the third time, he didn't say it is written. He said it is said. I believe that it is the will of God for the church to rise and take dominion. And to get a revelation of who we really are. We are not some church. We are the church. We are not just a people. We are the people. You ought to believe First Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. If you don't believe anything else, we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. We've been called out of darkness into his marvelous lights. We were not a people, but we are now the people. We have not obtained mercy, but we have now obtained mercy that we should show forth the praises of him. Whatever you, I'm gonna make this easy. Whatever, whatever you have need of, whatever your miracle is, in, is, is, is tonight, whatever you need tonight, if you will just approach it just a little bit different. And I know when you mess with Pentecostal theology, people get a little uncomfortable, but when we come to this altar, we, we come and we, I'm convinced there are moments when that is mandated and necessary. But not every time. Thank you. There, there's, there's times I look at my wife and I say, hey, honey, um, I, I'm going to run down to the store. I need to go to Walmart. I need some deodorant, some shaving cream, some razors. I need to get ready. I'll, I'll be back in, uh, give me 45 minutes and we'll meet it. 
well, we just meet for dinner down the road here. And she'll say, okay, honey, it's fine. And I'll go, and there's other times. I go, hey, baby, what's up? <laughs> yeah. Some of, you, some of you picking up what I'm laying down. I don't talk to her the same way every time because my desire and intent is not the same. And there are times when God says, get your knees, beg. What's wrong with this picture? What's wrong with this picture? Now, I'm not talking about intercessory prayer. That's a, whole, that's a whole new dimension. I'm talking about your walk with God. When you come on down here tonight in just a few minutes, what's wrong with this picture? This is wrong thinking. This is bad theology. You ought not come feeling like that to get this from him. You ought to walk up here like my boys do and just know that if it's in your back pocket, Doc, it's mine. You want the Holy Ghost? Come on. Come on. You want the Holy Ghost? Come on. Come on. Come on. You want, you want a miracle? Come on. Run. Run. Come on. Hurry. 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 There's a visitor standing next to you. Reach over and grab my other hand and say, please come with me. If they're here and they have never been born again of water and spirit, take them by the hand and say, please come with me. Please come with me. Please come with me. Please come with me. Come on. Come on, congregation. That's it. That's it. Bring them. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Keep coming. Press in. Press in. Press in. Press in. Come on. Don't stop in the aisle. Others are coming behind you. Come on. That's it. Keep coming. The rest of you, if this is your home church, would you stand? If you're visiting, you don't have to stand. But if this is your home church, stand. Lift your hands. Pray with us. That's it. Find your voice. Find your voice. Find your voice. Find that voice. Come on. 
And you shall lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. And you shall cast out devils in my name. That's it, believer. That's it, man. That's it, woman. That's it, child of God. You feel that bubbling out of your spirit? You feel that well of living water? Sir, if you're here and you've never been born again of water and spirit, I can't convince you how gloriously awesome it is. But if you'll take God at His word and taste and see that the Lord is good. I want you just a minute, keep, keep praying, but I want you to hear what the man of God has to say right now. Just hear him out. In third world countries, demonic demonstration is a whole lot different than it is in America. They, they jump and crawl on the floor like we used to in America. Today, it's hid and disguised in our posture. You say, when's the last time you saw somebody in church fighting the presence of God doing this kind of stuff? It's in our posture. But if we will take that posture and speak liberty and change our posture and let the glory of God, it's not like this. It's the name of the Lord Jesus changing our posture. Stick your hands in the air and get a hold of God for just a moment and just change the way. You hold your hand, point your finger in the name of the Lord.
Come on, there's a deliverance here right now. That divine moment is here right now. There's people going to be delivered. Come on, there's people being delivered right now from spiritual things. Come on, demons are subject. I said demons are subject. Demons are subject. Oppression is subject. You feel that move when that man of God spoke about the different posture. You feel that? That's what we're preaching. That's the difference of posture this church has got to get. Come on. Walk into it. Walk into it. Walk into the revelation. I am a son of God. I am a son of God. I. Genetically. Come on, let that light of revelation, let that glimpse of revelation dawn on you. I'm not just a born-again Christian. I'm not just a born-again believer. But I am a son of God. I am a son of God. I am the son of God. I am a child of God. Come on, believer. You've got to find your voice. Standing there quietly is what got Adam and Eve in trouble. Standing there waiting while to get you kicked out of your garden. You better speak it. You better open up your mouth. You better protect what God gives you. Move, spirit. Move, adversary. Move out of my home. Move out of my marriage. Leave my children alone. Okay, let's try it this way. Let's try it this way. Look up here at me. Look up here at me. Let's try it this way. Does anybody feel the Holy Ghost moving? Does anybody feel the witness of the Holy Ghost here right now? And the Spirit of God moved upon. And God said, you cannot get locked 
into just feeling the Spirit of God. When you feel it, it is the divine moment of release to speak what is there, to pull it into existence. Does anybody feel the Holy Ghost? If you feel the Holy Ghost, open up your mouth and speak. Let there be light. Let the firmament divide. Let's modernize it. Take your hands off my babies. Get your hands off my marriage. I demand, I demand every unclean spirit to vacate my home. Come on, apostolics. And he moved and he spoke and it moved and he spoke and it moved and he spoke. We've mastered the moving of it, but have we mastered the speaking of it? Come on, use your voice. All over this building, use your voice. Hallelujah, amen, glory to God, praise God. Whatever you want to do, use your voice. We're going to do it again. There's a reason why this works in the apostolic church. Use your voice. Come on. Use your voice. Use your voice. Use that voice. Come on, declare. Declare it. Say it. Declare it. Say it. Go ahead. Stand on your tiptoes and shout if you must. Whatever you got to do, use your voice. Come on, Adam. You're too quiet. Come on. You're too quiet. Come on.
name of Jesus. I, I realize there's a couple that are still praying, and, and that's fine, and that's okay. Sometimes we, we, we sort of seal what God has done with a prayer. We, we seal it by asking God to seal it, etc., etc. But here's what we're going to do tonight to seal what God has spoken and done in this place. Before we go any farther, before the rest of us start dispersing, I want us to give tonight a shout of praise and victory like we know how to give one. And that's the posture which, with which we are going to leave this place tonight. Not a, not a quiet, somber, whatever posture, but with a victorious shout of praise and worship. So I want you to join with me right now and let's all join together and give that shout of praise and victory in this place right now. Hallelujah! 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 Just a couple more moments here. Come on, just a few more moments. Hallelujah! 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 H
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah! 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 Oh! Hallelujah! I am a Hallelujah! 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah! 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 Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.
Aleluia, aleluia, aleluia. Aleluia, aleluia. You're here tonight. You're here tonight and you have never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You want, you want the Holy Ghost. You want something real and authentic in your life. Come. We've talked about it. We've shouted about it. Is there anybody here? Thank you. Anybody here? Come on. There should be more. If they're standing next to you, say, look. Come with me. I'll go with you. Let's go. If you're... Look, we didn't lose anything here. Anybody here need the Holy Ghost? Anybody else need the Holy Ghost? Anybody? You're ready for it. You want it. Tired of waiting on it. Want something real in your life. Come on. Come on. Come on. You're debating on it. Come on. Y'all getting awful nervous right now. Come on. If you're here and you want the Holy Ghost, come right now. Come on. Thank you for coming. Don't worry about all them people out there. Just stand here and talk to me. Just anybody else? You ever had the Holy Ghost before? You ready for it again? More than anything in this life. Lift your hands. Close your eyes. Lift your hands. Close your eyes. Don't worry about anybody else. It's you and God now. Anybody else? Come on. I believe right now it is the will of God for people to be healed and delivered. We've shouted about it. We've preached about it. We've worshipped about it. Now let's have it. Thank you, sir. I was waiting on you. Now I need about five prayer warriors to come up here right now. Stand right here. Somebody that knows how to pray in the Holy Ghost, come right here. Come on. Thank you for coming. Come on. Now if I'm not counting right, you have one, two, three, four, five seeking the Holy Ghost right now. If you are sick in body and you need a miracle, come right now. Come on. Need a miracle, come. Now the rest of you Holy Ghost sanctified folks, stand up. Point your fingers down here and say in the name of Jesus, I release the power of the Holy Ghost to fall upon every seeker. Every seeker. I release the spirit of healing to fall on every disease and every sickness. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Point your finger, believers, and tell it. Come on. 
in the name of Jesus. Right there, right there. He's talking in tongues. There's one. There's another one. Here's another one. There's two. The Holy Ghost said this morning, that's going to start getting the Holy Ghost tonight. And they're going to get it next Sunday, and the next Sunday, and the next Sunday. Point your finger up here and say, Holy Ghost, release your healing virtue. Every miracle here tonight. Come on, folks. That's it. That's how children of God act. That's how sons of God act. little fellas talking in tongues folk that's four or five and we thought we were done but when a son of God starts speaking angels listen demons tremble come on Antioch this is your moment point your finger and say by the time I get home devil you better have moved out of my house Jesus. In the name of Jesus. 
Aleluia. 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 Ramando Aleluia, aleluia, aleluia. In the name of Jesus. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Ila la boshata rabaki ila la boshata la la bahaya. In Jesus' name, 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 Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I guess let me uh, attempt to practice what has been preached tonight. <laughs> Sister Tovar, would you come here, please? No, you're there. You, Brother Tovar, would you come back down front? 
I'm assuming you're not able to play the way you used to play anymore. And all the years you've been coming here, wasn't until this morning I ever felt what I thought I felt. And my old posture was just to leave it the way we did it this morning. But I just feel like God wants to restore an ability that used to be there. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I speak to the infirmity that wars against this body. I command it to go in the name of Jesus Christ. I loose the virtue of the Holy Ghost to renew and restore in the name of Jesus Christ. By the power of your spirit, God, by the power of your spirit, God, revive and renew in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Some of you just about to give up, but there's something still just flowing in this sanctuary. Somebody just needs to reach out and get what it is you need. Somebody just needs to be like the woman with the issue of blood and just press your way through one more time and touch the hem of his garment. Hallelujah! 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 In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Halalobo shahata riando lolobo satabaha. Yilolobo koriando lolobo sheye ki arata la la bahaya. Yey aramando lobo seye alalobo satabahaya. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Ikaharamanda haseyeti alalaboho saha. 
In the name of Jesus. Thank you for it. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not going to dismiss you. I'm just going to put the microphone down. You do whatever you want to do. If you're ready to go, you go. You're still praying. If you're still posturing yourself, continue to do so in Jesus' name.